Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our buddy Andy Herman from the Pack-A-Day podcast, Packerreport.com, now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Andy, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks, as always, for having me on. Always great talking Packers with you. Absolutely. Hey, I wanted to uh, touch base with you because uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, the Robert Tanyan thing. And Robert Tanyan, by the way, uh, is he now legit from when we had, we'll say, um, Jermichael Finley? Is he the first legit guy that uh, at the tight end position the Packers have had? Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't want to jump to too many conclusions too quick, but he had a really nice you know, start to the season so far and really capped off with a fantastic performance. And I think the thing that you love to see is, yes, he got the touchdowns. Yes, he's looked like a more dangerous receiving threat, but he's really helping out as a blocker and has improved in that area as well. He's not exactly Mercedes Lewis in that capacity, but he's really able to kind of hold his own. He also had, you know, I think even Aaron Rodgers kind of pointed to the fact of, you know, some of those plays were a little bit fluky, of course, had the kind of somersault play, but there was a couple other routes in that game where he ran really crisp routes, and you just love to see that from a tight end in this offense that can add another dimension and a, another layer for defenses to have to worry about. So uh, I'm not necessarily ready to crown him a, you know, every week receiving threat that teams are going to have to game plan for, but he's definitely an upgrade from anything that they've had, you're right, since Jermichael Finley, and definitely, again, adds another dimension to this offense. Uh, I wanted to ask you as well, when you talk about Aaron Rodgers playing at this particular level, he's been simply amazing. I mean, it's like watching a thing of beauty. You tell me what you see differently this year from Aaron Rodgers as opposed to others. Yeah, I think it starts with taking the easy throws, and I think that's what I've loved so much about this Matt LaFleur offense. He has baked in, you know, four to five to six easy throws every single game for Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I always go back to games when you see the Packers have to try to fill in with a Matt Flynn or something. And every, you know, announcer and every coach will talk about, well, we just wanted to get him some easy throws and get him in a rhythm. And I don't care if you're Matt Flynn or you're Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, it does not matter. I think every quarterback can use a handful of those a game just to get in a rhythm, get in a feel. And I think for Aaron Rodgers, they've used a variety of different sets and a variety of different schemes to be able to get players open. You know, in in week one, they used a lot of those quick, you know, uh, jet sweep plays. In week two, they used a bunch of pick plays to get uh, wide receivers open. This week on fourth down, they used the exact version of that pick play, but they run a concept off of it where instead of Malik Taylor running a slant, he runs a little flat and then goes into the flat, uh, flat, excuse me, and then uh, all of a sudden he's wide open. The corners are tripping over themselves. We've seen plays designed off of one another. The, the touchdown to Devontae Adams, where it looks like they're going to you know, crisscross uh, in the Seahawks game last year. 
and then he goes in the opposite direction. Again, you see corners tripping over themselves, and I think the ability to get Aaron Rodgers some of those easy throws you know, just really helps develop him throughout the course of the game. And then when you need him to do the spectacular, when you need him to be the Aaron Rodgers of old, the great part is, is he's been that in, in those situations when needed as well. So you see much less. Um, you know, plays where he's trying to scramble out of the pocket and make plays and be uh, a superhero in every single play. You get more plays where he is taking what's there within the, the realm of the offense and then making those plays as needed. And it's just been a perfect formula for success. And give a ton of credit to both Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur for that. Well, that was going to be my next question. Uh, it, it just seems like there's they're on the same page so much more than what we saw last year in that feeling out period. Now, here's the question: At the beginning of the season, I think we all said, you know, eh, you know, twelve and four, eleven and five, thirteen and three, somewhere in there. Some were more pessimistic, maybe ten and six. But at this point in time, getting the win at Minnesota, getting the win at New Orleans. Uh, a good Atlanta team that we thought was going to be better coming into Lambeau Field, eh, maybe it kind of skewed your opinion. Now, what do you think this record ends up? And, and Andy, when you look at the rest of the schedule, at Tampa Bay, at Houston, Minnesota, San Francisco, all that, where are the losses coming from? Yeah, I think that next stretch of four games will be maybe even more telling than the first four. I think when you have a couple of those road games at Tampa, at Houston with the coaching change, you still have a very talented team with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. And then at San Francisco with, again, Minnesota, a divisional game at home, a game you know they're going to want to get back from week one. So I think that next quarter of the season is going to be really telling of where Green Bay's at. And I think if you go three and one in that stretch, um, even two and two, I'm not sure that there's another, you know, more than uh, one loss the rest of the season after that based on the schedule. So, I mean, it, it, I hate to say this after four games and you never want to put too much expectations out there, but it almost seems like 13 and three is, is very reasonable. Like 12 and four would be a floor, assuming the majority of the team stays healthy. And you, you think there's a real shot at a 14 and two or 15 and one season uh, if they play the, the way that they've, you know, played so far. So around the rest of the division, um, the next competition to the Green Bay Packers legitimately is who? And I'm sorry, you said division or conference? The the division. We'll start with the division first and work our way out. Yeah, you know, you're good. I don't think there's any competition in the division. I think think there's a chance that Green Bay could have – um, this is uh, hyperbole, but I guess you know around the same amount of wins as the rest of the division combined. I just don't have a ton of faith in Minnesota, Detroit, or or Chicago. I think all of those teams are I don't know maybe six and nine, you know seven and nine, six and ten sort of teams. Um, and uh, you know again, I think Green Bay can pick up you know thirteen, fourteen wins, hopefully a couple more in the playoffs. So I don't think there's any competition in the division for the Green Bay Packers. So in the conference, are we just looking at, say, because if I had to pick, I'd say one is going to be Seattle just because uh, I think they're a very tough and well-coached team with a great quarterback. Uh, Tampa Bay, certainly, I think you could look at. I don't, I, I don't believe a lick in what Chicago's doing. So yeah. who else in the division do you really kind of consider that, that next rung? Yeah, I definitely think the the two that you named, Seattle and Tampa, are going to be at the top of the list. And until Green Bay is able to go in San Francisco and, and win there, I still think as they get a little bit healthier, George Kittle just came back, Jimmy Garoppolo will be at, back at some point. The loss of Nick Bosa is massive for them. So I still think it's going to take a, a good effort from San Francisco. But I still think that they're going to be in the conversation as well. And then, I, you know, I think certain teams like the Rams, if, if uh, you know, things would, you know, go in their favor, that you wouldn't you have Jalen Ramsey and then Aaron Donald at defense, 
that Sean McVay offense is still looking really good this season with Cooper Cup back. So, uh, no, I think Green Bay would be favored in that matchup, but I still think they could give Green Bay a hard time. But uh, overall, I'm right there with you, Bill. I think this is Seattle and Tampa and Green Bay at the top, and I think everyone else is going to be fighting to try to push those three off the, the top tier. Defensively speaking, uh, we saw them lose Kenny Clark, and they survived. We've seen them lose Kirksey, and they survived. Is there uh, – because I, I, if I would have circled those two, I would have thought, eh, it would have been really hard. But you lose Zedarius. You, you, you lose Jair Alexander. I think then you really have taken some, some substantial blows to this defense. I think those two guys I circle as, man, you really need them to remain healthy, right? Yeah, I think, you know, you look at the Aaron Rodgers, the Darius Smith, Jair Alexander seem to be kind of the, the linchpins of this team right now, or if you have to lose those guys. I will say maybe Jair they could get a little bit more away with than the other two because, you know, Mike Patton's playing a ton of zone defense. It's not ideal, but you could probably lose him for a few games rather than the other two. Darius is really the main point of pressure for that defense. And, uh, you know, Kenny Clark, like you said, seemingly would have maybe been one of those guys too, but they've survived just just fine without him through the, the, those last few games. And the thing that I, I was hopeful for with Kenny Clark being out that we kind of saw over the second half of the Saints game and really the Falcons game, I was hoping that the defensive line was going to really have to learn to run defend without Kenny Clark in the lineup so that hopefully when Kenny Clark comes back, they're running on all cylinders, and they can really stop the run maybe better than they had last year or even earlier in this season. And I think we saw signs of that. It, the, after that big run to Alvin Kamara in the first half, which really wasn't on the defensive line, that was more kind of on scheme. Uh, after that, uh, the defensive line really held Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray in check for the rest of that Saints game, and the Falcons didn't do anything running the football. And score dictated that a little bit, but it was still about 42 carries, if I remember correctly, and only about 3.3 yards per carry. So, they looked much better. Now you're getting back at Kenny Clark. Hopefully Rashawn Gary's back, who's a very good edge defender with setting the edge. So I'm hoping that that absence of guys like Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary is actually going to help them going forward when those guys do get back. What have you thought of Rashawn Gary thus far? I know it's a small sample size, but what have you thought of his growth? I've really been impressed. And I know that, uh, you know, it's not like he's piled up five or six sacks or anything. And I think, you know, going back to last year, there was those injury concerns and now he just missed a game with an injury. But uh, I think when you look at his, his body of work through those first few games, you saw him winning in a variety of different ways. Uh, he's getting pressure. He's able to play inside it more than he was a season ago. Last year, he was just looking at, you know, working off of his athletic ability. And this is a guy that really in college, you know, came in as a, a five-star All-American from high school, really kind of won off of his athleticism and, and to an extent his effort at Michigan, didn't really learn the, the, the keys and the techniques of the game. And then again, everything that we were hopeful for a season ago was having Mike Smith as an outside linebackers coach, Darius Smith and Preston to learn behind so that you have this raw ball of play that can develop. Yes, he didn't play a ton of season to go, but he took that season as kind of a redshirt season, learned a ton from that group, and now he's really stepped up his game, and I think he is going to make a major impact if he can stay healthy the rest of the season. Yeah, I, uh, I I look at his development as opposed to a guy like, say, Montrevious Adams. Montrevious Adams, I know he's been banged up. But there has not been a ton of impressiveness. There have been moments in which you see flashes. What do you see for the future as of right now of Montrevious Adams? I will say this. Over the course of the last couple of games, he's had a couple of flash plays on tape. And the big thing is you haven't seen the plays where he's you know, just completely been washed out of a play. Now, he's playing pretty limited snaps. You know, you're talking about maybe 10 snaps a game. I think what this Green Bay team with Matt LaFleur has really done has gotten – 
specific roles for people. Look at a player like Oren Burks, who maybe doesn't have a great role within this team overall, but he's played on special teams, and now they're kind of using him as a little bit of a spy linebacker, maybe using him instead of Preston Smith dropping into coverage, using Oren Burks in that role. There's a role that Oren Burks can fill there, and I think with Montrevious Adams and, and uh, a guy like Tyler Lancaster, if you can get Tyler Lancaster 10 to 15 snaps as a nose tackle, he can help you there. If you can get Montrevious Adams, I don't know, maybe 8 to 10 snaps as a situational either pass rusher or just somebody that can go in and be a big body, I think he can help you in that situation. Is he ever going to live up to his third-round billing and probably be a starting defensive lineman? Probably not, but I think they've done a really great job in trying to find some really unique niche roles for these type of players. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. Enjoy the bye week, and then uh, I guess we just hope that the Packers come back healthy and that none of this COVID uh, leaks into the Packers camp because we start start to see it now leak into two or three different teams, and hopefully it doesn't decimate the league. Good stuff, Andy. Appreciate it, pal. Hey, thanks as always, Bill. Have a great, uh, great rest of your day. Talk to you soon. There you go. Andy Herman, the Packaday Podcast, PackerReport.com. You can find him at Andy Herman NFL, at Andy Herman NFL and uh, and you can find his stuff there. So uh, good stuff. Uh, we appreciate him joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. They've been doing it for thirty or, or excuse me, uh, eighty five plus years. Eighty five plus years. Give them a shout. Eight hundred forty four Pride. Go to SchneiderJobs.com and they've been doing it so long and they've been doing it better than anybody else. If you're looking for a new team, looking for a job, or maybe to switch jobs. Great place to go, and they do train. So, again, go to 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.